What's up, everyone? We're here for some post-game box action, and uh, maybe this game was a little more enjoyable than what we thought it was going to be with the availability or the non-availability of some of the stars on the Bucks roster. We know Giannis is out, Chris was out, Dante's season debut off for now anyway. He will be back uh, hopefully soon, but the Bucks use a big fourth quarter to beat the Pacers 114-99, to so let's break it all down. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot. Up, good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN and joining me the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast Frank Madden for today's episode that's brought to you by True Bill. True Bill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. As always we thank you for making uh, Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day and for those in Milwaukee tonight perhaps uh, it's been a bit of a long night. I know there's some crazy weather over there, so hopefully everyone's doing well and they wake up. And or maybe it's through the night. Maybe you're listening to Lockdown Bucks through the night. But either way, we uh, really appreciate it. And this is a fun post-game podcast to do. Now we will get to Giannis and Chris and everything else that's happened since I last podcast. I did a crossover podcast with Tony East from Lockdown Pacers. As soon as we finished recording, Giannis, the, the tweet came out that he was going to be out. That's the way these things always go when you're podcasting. But Frank. I didn't have high expectations going into this game. Uh, you know, the Pacers have been playing a little bit better basketball of late, but just based on the lineups the Bucks were going to have to go to here, I thought it was going to be a stretch for them to win. A 21-0 run in the fourth quarter, that has to be their best run for the season, probably, without a, an opposition team scoring, and it probably came in unlikely circumstances, but I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I messaged some friends late in the third quarter. I was like, you know, the Pacers are probably going to win, but they still stink. Like, I, it's just I, like all night long, I was just kind of waiting for them to kind of turn the screws for the Bucks to go through a real scoring drought. Just you know, given the the lack of weapons, down seven guys, and obviously, as you said, you know, Giannis out for likely you know ten days ish, um, potentially less, potentially more, and. Chris, um, you know, good news was he went through his workout tonight pregame. So there was some thought maybe as questionable uh, that he might play. But, you know, obviously you, you sneak out a win without him, let him get an extra day, extra couple of days of rest. Obviously, that's that's an even bigger win, you could argue. So, um, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, like the most fun, um, the most fun games to win are these games where it's like, you know, you're resting a bunch of guys or in this case, obviously not by choice, resting a bunch of guys. Um, and to see, you know, first and foremost, obviously we're going to have to talk about Drew Holiday. He was kind of the anchor of the offense, just creating his own shot, dishing out assists, 26 and 14 tonight, another efficient scoring game. Um, that obviously I think is sort of the headline, but uh, to get you know, the supporting cast stepping up and the guys that have been doing it, you know, Grayson Allen, maybe not so much, but, you know, all the other guys that have been really valuable role players, particularly, you know, notably Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton, both of those guys coming up with 20 point games and, um, as you said, I just, you know, I just worried like 
you know, defensively without, you know, obviously Brooke without Giannis. Uh, and I mean, not even having boogie, right? Like you really had like so little size to throw at a pacer team that, you know, as we've talked about, like they, they struggle to play as big as they are because particularly miles Turner doesn't really, you know, can't really hunt mismatches. Typically we know what Sabonis can do. Um, but with the exception of Sabonis getting a bunch of offensive rebounds in the third quarter, like they never seem to really exploit it. And, you know, I think what we talked about early in the season, I mean, when the bucks are down key guys like this, especially without Giannis and his ability to score inside, these games are largely going to just going to come down to referendums on three point shooting. And I don't want to minimize some of the other things that happened tonight, but um, you know, obviously they were, they were shorthanded offensively and defensively. It's kind of a smoke and mirrors night on both ends, but they hit enough threes and Pacers, man, they just, I mean, just a disappointing team just continues to disappoint. So um, really good win. If you're, if you're the box to cloud a win under the circumstances. And um, you know, I, I was thinking before the game, the what 38 game win streak by for for Giannis uh, against the Central Division remains alive regardless of what happens tonight. But it's kind of just been remarkable how easily they've dispatched the Pacers in each of these three games so far this season. Yeah, a really weird team. The Pacers. It's funny we were talking uh, as I mentioned with Tony East yesterday on the podcast, and just about Rick Carlisle and this team trying to figure out how to play on offense. And again, Sabonis, as you pointed to. He had the 14 rebounds. Uh, six of those were offensive, but just really a non-factor again. And it's so strange. You feel like this is the type of game with no Giannis. Obviously, there's no Chris, no Brook, Boogie, all the guys you mentioned, that he should be able to dominate this game, and he can't. And then as far as Miles Turner goes, I know he had a bunch of blocks that honestly felt like a little bit of block uh, shot blocking practice. They were pretty soft shot attempts from the Bucks that made it pretty easy for him. Marcus was, uh, I was going to say pulling his hair out, but he was uh, getting frustrated watching this game that they weren't trying to throw them down. Jordan Wara, shout out to him. He did later in this game. But Miles Turner, what a weird player. Uh, I was listening to the to the Zach Lowe podcast a, a few days ago, and uh, quite clearly I very rarely disagree with Zach just because he's you know, pretty much on the money. But the Miles Turner uh, discussion around the Brooke Lopez stuff was so fascinating to me because every time we see Miles Turner, he's just a non-factor. He can't shoot the three. Like The, the talk about him shooting the three, I, I feel like he never hits a three against the Bucs. He just shoots these rainbows. They clang off the rim. He's throwing up bricks. You mentioned the fact that he can't take advantage of mismatches. There was a possession early in this game where he had Drew Holiday in the post, and Drew was just like, I I don't know what you're trying to do. Like, back me down. Is that what you're trying to do? This is very weird behavior by by you, Miles. And he just took the ball, and and away the Bucs went. So I guess the question I have for you, Frank, we saw this uh, on Twitter, or someone mentioned it to me on Twitter and said that they were – a little bit, or they were questioning. I don't want to say that they said that they were frustrated, but they're just like, why doesn't Drew do this all the time? Why does he play passive? We've discussed this before, that when the Bucks do have Chris and Giannis in the lineup, there's a lot of ball sharing to be had. Giannis takes a lot of, lot of the possessions. He'll, be, uh, he'll have a lot of the ball handling. But we have seen pretty consistently, I believe, that when Giannis is out of the lineup, you do see this different version of Drew Holiday. I don't think it's a concern because clearly the results are pretty damn good when all three are in the lineup. But it is always fun to see that he is a guy that is willing to take over and, and show this aggressive side offensively um, when he's called on. Yeah, and I think, um, and, and you know, we've been talking about it. It's not like he's been struggling of late, right? He hasn't necessarily had 26 and 14 type games, but he's been shooting really well from the field now for weeks, basically. 
and has been a lot more consistent offensively. I mean, the big challenge with Drew is he doesn't get to the free throw line much at all tonight. That was the one problem. He didn't really hit his, his what for, was he one out of four or something from free throw line? Um, so th- that is kind of a, one of the downsides of his game that, that sort of limits his efficiency um, in that he just doesn't look for fouls. And there was that one play where like he got, I think Duarte um, driving along the baseline and drew a foul and he, kicked it out and you know you could see on the replay he was like oh man why didn't I you know try to go for a shot to get to the foul line but uh but yeah I mean his old man game is just I mean it's it's so fun to watch in in that you know how much he uses his left hand you know he had that little statue of liberty where liberty where he didn't gather and just went straight up with the left hand um and I don't know how many I don't know how many buckets he had with his left hand tonight um but yeah I mean when he when he's able to work in the post like that and you're able to space out the defense enough um, so that they can't just completely kind of collapse on him. Um, he's just a, you know, he's just a, a, such a tough cover. And, you know, he started like they were getting some mismatches. They were getting like Duarte on him. He was really feasting on some of the kind of lesser defenders. But I mean, then they, they put Brogdon on him. And I mean, he took Brogdon just to the rim a couple of times as well. And, you know, it's not like Brogdon was the answer. Really, in the fourth quarter, he didn't, I think he didn't, I barely scored in the fourth quarter because basically they were doubling him you know, 25 feet from the basket, they were showing that extra defender to try to get the ball out of his hand. So, you know, kind of the ultimate compliment if you're Drew Holiday, right? The fact that the defense is basically like, you know, just, we just don't want to even like trying to let you get inside the three-point line. So yeah, really impressive night from him. And, um, you know, I can't help but think, right? I mean, obviously he's on the, you know, sort of downward trend of his career at some point here, right? He's 31 years old, but I mean, what he does there, the way he's scoring, he doesn't he doesn't need explosiveness to do what he does he's just got so much craft and strength that um that you know that aspect of his game is going to age well and i think especially when you think about like that spacing you know he needs spacing to be able to do that and that's one thing that having Giannis off the floor actually helps with right because Giannis is the one guy who plays a lot of minutes who isn't really a guy that's going to space the floor so that's one upside of you know being able to go to drew when Giannis is is not in the game is that you know he does have a little bit more room to operate and try to kind of work work his way, burrow his way into the paint and and get to, you know, some of those up fakes and, and you know, get to the basket with with efficiency, which obviously we worried earlier than, you know, a month ago or whenever it was, we were like, man, he's missing a lot of bunnies. And it just seems like, you know, he's gotten a lot better in that department of late, finishing a lot more consistently. And some of these are not like easy finishes either. I mean, some of these like driving bankers with, you know, high off the glass, um, they're, they're impressive stuff. So shout out to him. I mean, you know, when, with Giannis out now for however long it's going to be, hopefully you get Chris back next game. I mean, you're going to need those guys to pick up the scoring load because there's going to be games where the other team shoots a lot better and plays a lot better than the Pacers did tonight. And obviously, if you know, if you can claw out some wins and you know just kind of keep your head above water without Giannis, then you know you feel like you're pr- pretty well positioned. Um, hopefully, when he comes back, you know, again, if it's around Christmas, a little after Christmas. So speaking of tough finishes, Pat Connaughton is a guy I want to get to. And he again tonight had some ridiculous finishes. But I've got some trivia for you in just a second here. And it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to say, I think it's going to be difficult trivia, but we'll see how we go. But the Bucs have had to have a bunch of bench players in the lineup tonight and some guys that haven't been getting getting as many minutes. And they got some stats tonight, which you'll be very happy about if you're playing prize picks. You've been hearing me tell you about prize picks for months. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys have signed up yet, but you certainly should have. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out, you're missing out. Uh, I'm telling you, it's good. you're going to love this app. It's for NBA fans, mixed spots, pickems. They've got everything you need. The Christmas Day games are going to be off the charts and even more fun if you play Prize Picks. It'll be more fun for Bucks fans if Giannis is playing, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop markets. Uh, it's the best DFS prop market game on the market. I don't, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. So all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com today and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, we do thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. We're nearing the weekend, and I believe Thursdays on the NFL channel are the crossover episodes, and they talk about the next matchup coming up. So if you're a Packers fan, go check out Locked On Packers with Peter Bukowski there. But it's time for some trivia, as I mentioned. Pat Connaughton tonight had another 20 points, banged in a whole bunch of threes again. So there are three players in the NBA right now that are attempting more than six threes a game and hitting at least 43% of them. Now, yes, I know, 43%. It's a, it's kind of a random number there, but he's hitting more than th- 43%, Pat. So Pat is one of them. Have you got any idea, any guesses who the other two guys might be? Um, I, well, I know Grayson Allen was around 42% before, so I'm guessing he's not probably in that group. Um, yeah. I mean... Is, is Steph still at 43%? I know his just field goal percentage has dropped down of late, but is, is Steph one of those? I mean, he's the, the obvious guy you'd always guess would be in that range. Is he one? He's not, but there is a guy that's very close to my heart. Joe Ingles. Is Joe Ooh. Ingles doing this? No, close. You're on the right track. <laughs> You're on the right track. Patty Mills. Patty yes, Mills. Patty Mills is one, and you're not going to get the other one. The other one's Luke Kennard. So anyway, oh. the, the point being, I didn't even know Luke Kennard was playing. Maybe I should watch more Clippers games. But anyway, uh, the point being that Pat, just continues to do this. And we've spoken about the confidence that clearly he got through last year and it seemed to be building through the regular season. But I, I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, he, he just does this night in and night out. Now, as you pointed to, I think last week on the podcast or, or a little bit earlier, that you kind of just feel like every shot he takes is going in. He took one run in front of the Bucks bench tonight with Sabonis was right out there. Pretty good closeout, pretty good contest. Nothing but net. It's like, yeah, well, it's Pat. What do you think? Like, he's some of his step back, quick release guy in his face. They're just hitting nothing but net right now. And it's just wild to see the development of this guy. But uh, again, we always talk about it. But just going back to the discussion last year, the contract, what a bargain. And he is now such a reliable player that I don't think if it was a year ago and you were looking at this lineup and Pat was in the starting lineup that you would just feel comfortable that he's going to contribute, but just so reliable. Yeah. And I think the, you know, the, the thing that's been most impressive is, you know, he, he's so, I mean, he hit a couple of think corner three snipe, but his ability to be so dangerous from above the break, he doesn't need to be right at the line. He can be, you know, a couple steps back from the line. And, um, you know, I think his, his comfort level, he's, he's not an off the dribble three point shooter, obviously. Right. Like I'd be curious how many of his three pointers, we probably should look that up, you know, are actually like, you know, off not zero dribbles. I would, imagine like very few while, while I blather on here, you can try to try to look up that stat. Um, but he's gotten very good at um, catching and shooting when he's not just like perfectly level set with his feet, you know, um, on the break, you know, 
uh, I would say generally, you know, I'm never played high level basketball, but I certainly always preferred to be shooting when I was moving forward a little bit. Right. So you don't have any problem like shooting it, you know, short arming it. Um, but that's not easy. Right. And he's very good in the break, catching it. And while he's, you know, kind of moving a little bit still forward and maybe to the side, hitting those wing threes. Um, and I think he's also like, you see it sometimes in kind of these two man game plays with like Giannis and things like that. Like you know, he can set a screen and he can kind of, you know, relocate out to another part of the perimeter. And sometimes he's like, his, his, his movement is actually pushing him away from the basket and he'll catch shoot. And he'll actually be kind of, it's not like a fadeaway, but he'll be, you know, again, kind of his body is moving backwards away from the hoop. And that's, it's, it's an awkward way to shoot. I mean, you don't, not like the shot that, you know, you like practice, like, you know, trying to do all the time, but um, his level of comfort that just the confidence has just been, and been remarkable this year. And, you know, as, as we talked about in a couple of weeks ago, you know, the fact that he mixes that in with those knifing little drives to the hoop, um, you know, he doesn't drive much, but it seems like whenever he drives, he's able to get to the rim and, you know, he's great at throwing up those angled bank shots, um, going to his right. So, and, and obviously he's cutting around the, around the baseline as well. So, um, I don't know how many 20 point games is he, is he at like five 20 point games now or something like that this season. I mean, I think he's probably blown away at this point, you know, uh, his previous total in his entire career of 20 point games. But, um, I mean, what more can you say about him? Right. I mean, it, when you think about next off season, um, you know, Bobby Porter's going for 20 tonight, Pat going for 20 tonight, both those guys clearly are going to opt out. And you know, it's like, you just hope the bucks are going to be able to keep both those guys. And, you know, we talked so much in the preseason about, you know, Dante versus Grayson Allen and the decision the Bucks would have to make with the two restrictive free agents. Obviously they end up extending Grayson. And now it's like, man, I really excited to see Dante back in the lineup. Of course, this, the COVID news was, you know, another kind of gut punch for him. I'm sure thinking he was gonna be back tonight. Um, but uh, I mean, it's like, Oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta pay Pat Connaughton too. <laughs> and he's been great. Right. I mean, I, you'd absolutely hate to lose Pat given what he meant to them uh, in the, you know, the playoff run last year. And now just, absolutely hitting the ground running and bringing all of that momentum um, into this new season. I think the only bad game I can think of was basically game six of the NBA finals in which he missed all of his shots and even missed those two free throws. Right. Thankfully it didn't matter. Um, but he obviously just hit, has hit so many big shots for the bucks. And as you said, when he missed that shot um, in Toronto, you know, a couple of week or two ago, whenever that was, it was like, Oh man, I missed <laughs> a shot. Huh, what? Um, and by the way, speaking of the playoffs in game six, um, people on YouTube can see my shirt right now. It's, it's basically one of these, uh, it looks like the old, like champion bucks basketball, like NBA shirts from like the eighties. Um, but I have to give a shout out to friend of the pod, friend of bucks nation, Andy Gorzalski. Uh, I hung out with Andy, um, and, 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 and others, uh, including Andy Menchel and, and, uh, Jimmy Kogutkevich. I think I'm pronouncing their names, right? I once had a discussion with Jimmy after a live pod about how to pronounce his last name, but, um, but after game six, we, we, we hung out, uh, and, uh, at like three, three 30 in the morning or whatever, we finally like are going home and I'm just like walking with them. Cause it's just like soaking in, like, why would you want that night to end? Right. We're just talking about stuff, whatever. Cause those guys are all, you know, super old school box fans. And Andy's like, Oh, Hey, I got, I got a shirt in my car. So we go to his car and he had this shirt in his car. He had these like made specially, basically. <laughs> he liked the way these like the this these old school shirts look so much. So he just made them himself. They're not like real 
authentic shirts. So this was this was the I think this is the only gear I got from the night of Game Six, and it comes courtesy of our of my friend Andy Korzalski. So shout out to Andy, um, man about town and, and general, uh, just awesome Milwaukeean. Uh, but anyway, what what else do we want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Bobby Portis or um, Jordan Wara? Jordan Wara sighting? How about that? Yeah, well, let's get to Jordan Wara. Before we do that, let me. I looked up this number, and it is incredible stuff. So Pat has attempted 184 threes so far this season. How many of those 184 attempts do you think he's taken at least one dribble before letting it fly? <laughs> Three. I don't know. Something like stupid. Seven. <laughs> Which is still pretty dumb. By the way, he's three for seven on those attempts. So he doesn't miss those either. Oh, consistent. 42.8% on three out of seven is 42.8571%. There you go. Well, he's 0 for three on one dribble, uh, 0 for one on two dribbles. The three for three when he takes three to six dribbles, automatic, does not miss. Isopat. Just just isopat. Can't miss. It's incredible stuff. Uh, all right, let's get to Jordan Wara. After I talk about True Bill, our sponsor of the podcast, True Bill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, a need, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks per year with True Bill because companies make it hard to cancel. True Bill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and they will cancel your unwanted subscriptions all in one tap. And True Bill Concierge is there when you need them to cancel those subscriptions you don't want. So you don't have to do it. You won't forget. It's easy to figure out. There's over 2 million users using True Bill right now, and it's helped them save over 100 million bucks, which is a fair chunk of money. Uh, for those Bucks fans, that's just under half. Well, actually, a fair way under half a, a Supermax contract that uh, that Giannis has got there. So anyway, don't fall for su- subscription stan- uh, scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. That's truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. So Jordan Wara, a guy that was... A hot topic to start the season and has fallen out uh, of favor a little bit. He went down to the G League there for a little bit as well. Understandably so, once the Bucks got a bunch of guys there. Honestly, even if he was playing well, then he might have still been squeezed out. It's, it's difficult if everyone is healthy and, and in this rotation, um, particularly when you consider the addition of, of now Wes Matthews is probably going to get an opportunity to play. Um, but it was just nice to, tonight to see him scoring the ball a little bit. And, and they needed him to. You know, you looked at this lineup at the start and an interesting beginning to the night for Jordan Wara, we should say. Rodney Hood, I, I, was there even any explanation for what went down with Rodney Hood? i got to be honest. I assumed that he was taken out of the lineup because he there was a positive test or something like that and he wasn't going to come back. So when he came back and was just sitting on the bench looking kind of casual, like nothing really happened, rubbing his knee a little bit, I, I was like, what is going on with Rodney Hood? Anyway, by the way, Hood came in and hit a couple of shots as well, but Jordan Wara 15 points tonight. And for all the talk of the other things that we need him to do, ultimately, I think his future in the NBA lies as being a bucket getter, being a scorer. So to see him actually do that tonight, hit a couple of those tough shots that we know he can make, throw down a really nice dunk, as I mentioned earlier, learnt his lesson from getting swatted by Miles Turner. Uh, it was nice to see him have a bounce back. And it was, and you could tell that his teammates were happy for him um, having a, a Good night as well. Yeah, it was. It, it was still a little bit of a roller coaster. I mean, he 
he hit a couple jump shots in the first quarter and then forced a really bad shot thereafter that he missed. And then he got pulled like right after that. I wasn't sure if that was like a um, chill out. Know. Yeah. That was like a, a intentional thing from bud to basically be like, dude, no. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, when he came in in the, in the fourth quarter, I mean, he was obviously um, in particular, then he was obviously a big part of closing that game. And, you know, I think the important thing is that it wasn't like, you know, bucket getting head down, don't look at anybody else. Um, Jordan Wara, um, you know, he got a couple buckets. I think they were both on cuts, right? Where he just got passes for for layups, basically. And then he had um, the finish in transition. So, um, and then perhaps fittingly of, you know, running it still Jordan Wara, um, they had an offensive rebound. I think it was like with two minutes left. So, I mean, the game was well in hand at that point. Um, but he got a kick out for a wide open three with like, you know, the shot clock having just been reset. Um, and he put it up right away and missed. And then the, the Pacers got the rebound. I don't know if you remember this, but like he then like inexplicably, like kind of like jumped up to pressure the ball. And then the guy just like went right by him. And I think they got a basket finally on the other end. I mean, the Pacers scored, I think what five points in the first 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. I mean, they were just like completely terrible. Couldn't make a shot. Um, so I was kind of like, Oh, Jordan, come on, man. Come on. Um, but he also had a really nice drive and kick out to Pat Connaughton for a three. Cause of course, Pat Connaughton, the one assist, which is always noteworthy, by the way, always noteworthy. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, is it a breakthrough? Um, I'm not going to say it's a breakthrough for, for him. I think, uh, you know, the seasons are seasons are long. Um, and you know, I mean, we've talked about it. He's obviously been a bit in the doghouse. Um, you know, he, it's been notable how little he's played, even with some of the injuries. Uh, so that may, I think made the start tonight, you know, even, even more interesting to me. Um, but Hey, last year as a starter, Jordan Wara, 22.5 points and eight rebounds a game in two games as a starter. <laughs> Granted that was with basically the bucks, you know, resting all their, uh, you know, good players. Um, and they didn't win either of those games. Um, so, uh, you know, I guess maybe Bud trying to tap into some of that Jordan Wara microwave starter uh, capability. But, um, but yeah, I mean, encouraging for him. I think with young players, like so much of it's just mindset and just, you know, these guys having to figure out like how they battle through an NBA season. Oh, look, look, I've got, got Dudley here. Dudley um, is a, a much bigger boy than last time he made an appearance yeah. on the podcast. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, now he is trying to bite me again. Um, yeah, Dudley had a uh, um, an incident last week where he tried to, uh, well, he successfully ingested a uh, like a toy of some sort, hmm. and uh, that la- that landed him uh, in the veterinary hospital getting surgery to have um, said toy removed. Now he's stuck in my cable wire. Okay. Well, as long as he um, avoids the dreaded history of Dudley's having knee problems, uh, we hope that he'll be. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but anyway, so it's been a long week for Dudley, but uh, but yeah, he's back to to jumping up and being a puppy, uh, five month old puppy. But um, but yeah, I figures that you know Dudley would show up. All talking about Jordan Wara, uh, still the you know kind of him and and Mamu now the token young guys on the roster. Um, but yeah, encouraging for him, and you know, I mean, it's just you got to be ready when some of these opportunities are going to avail themselves and. You know, maybe this can be a little bit of a turning point. I mean, still 15 points on 15 shots. So <laughs> as, as much as it seemed like, oh, he's had a really good night. Um, you know, the net, 
the net efficiency was, was not really there in the end, but um, you know, again, I think some of these guys like him in particular, young guy just needs a little bit of probably a shot in the arm. And um, you know, Chris Middleton, hopefully he's back next game. That might obviously cut into his ability to, to see the floor, but um, again, season is long and you know, with the way things are right now with COVID and all this other stuff, um, you know, again, just good to, good to have guys pop up and show that they can contribute, even if it's, uh, they haven't been doing it all season. So, you know, uh, we, we may need to close the book on Jordan Wara sooner than we'd like, but, um, uh, I'll say this, well, let's see what he does the rest of the season. I'm, I don't have high, high hopes, uh, but you never know. And I think it was good to see him at least flash some of that ability tonight, kind of, you know, being able to hit the jumpers, um, getting to the rim a bit as, as you referenced and, um, you know, a little bit of floater game too, right? I mean, he's, he's got a skill set that if he can harness it and leverage it properly, um, and do it in a way like he did tonight where he's, you know, having to kind of pick his spots a little bit more than, you know, who knows there may be an NBA player there after all. All right. So, uh, just as we wrap it up, I just want to mention Javante smart as well. Let's this guy's just scrapping out there. He just makes a nice play. He went at miles Turner. He, he like, Went right at Turner early and got a layup, and then he didn't get a three, right? So yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just he's just a pretty solid player. I mean, you just don't expect that for these guys that you sign middle of the season as a two-way guy. So shout out to him and George Hill. Also, good to have him back out on the floor. Uh, nine points and, and three assists for him in uh, in the end. He played 21 minutes. Uh, just quickly with the schedule, uh, you mentioned Chris Milton. He was warming up before the game. We saw that on social that Eric and the guys that were there were. We're tweeting that out. The Bucks have a Friday, Saturday back to back. They're in New Orleans. Then they have Cleveland, the rampaging Cleveland Cavaliers, who are playing some really, really good basketball. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Chris here in the next few days. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, uh, make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They've got you covered for everything you need there on Locked On Bets. And I had a few people ask. Uh, Frank, as in regards to Giannis, I know you mentioned the time frame is just like it's impossible to say when he's going to be back. Of course, we hope that he's there on Christmas Day. It'll be a shame for a, a bunch of people that have bought these tickets and want to see Giannis on Christmas. I believe that he just has to have the two negative tests. Is that your understanding? I mean, we saw that weird LeBron situation where he was kicking up a stink and what are we doing here? Well, you tested positive, LeBron. It's like you don't you don't get to just like change the rules yourself. So we'll see. Hopefully Giannis is okay in six days, seven days, then passes all the medicals and is good to go um, for Christmas. But it's going to be just a, a wait and see. Yeah. So, because I was also trying to figure, is it a minimum of 10 days or or what? But yeah, you can come back theoretically earlier if you get two negative tests in 24 hours. Um, but again, I mean, I think typically what Chris was out two weeks, roughly, um, Drew was out longer, but that was kind of pre-vaccines, right? So it was a, a little bit different situation. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the only Bucks game I'm probably going to see this year is December 22nd. And so that's not, that suddenly became a lot less interesting of a game. Um, but, uh, so yeah, go, go make sure you clear this virus and test negative real quick, Giannis, so that the one game I see, uh, can actually be more entertaining, but no, I, I don't know. I mean, um, We'll just have to see kind of what happens. And unfortunately, there's a pretty congested schedule here, as you referenced. I mean, you, you'd love for this to be happening at a time when, you know, you've got uh, a couple of two day off windows and you're just not, you know, he's not missing as many games. Um, but that's just the kind of the way it works. And um, I was I was kind of shocked. It feels like there's just been so many guys going into the protocols of late. But um, I think I saw 
I don't know if it was Jim or Zarski or who, who said it, but I thought some, somebody said like there's only, there's 22 guys in protocols right now across the NBA, which I mean it's less than one per team, but it just I think it feels like more just because the Bucks, the Bulls, the Nets have all had like multiple guys go in like right after another, and you know Bulls have had games canceled, um, and and all that. So um, so yeah, I mean the Bucks have had pretty good luck overall with this stuff, and I mean at the end of the day better to have it happen now than i don't know say games five and six of the nba finals when i think you know i mean let's be honest i think you know we we heard about it later you know the and and i think we were all a little concerned right when especially when you saw the nasus going to the protocols during the finals and thinking like uh anything about Giannis? um i think there was probably a lot of anxiety in the bucks organization right around that time and Thank the heavens that, uh, that that nothing happened back then, and that the most important games of you know in franchise history, I would argue, uh, went exactly the way they did. And you know, it's the way it is right now. If if you don't have that same luck in you know December, uh, the season after, better now than than uh, than some other more time when the games matter a bit more. So obviously, hopefully, Giannis and Wes Matthews. Um, and Dante are, are feeling okay. And, you know, the vaccines are doing their jobs and they're asymptomatic and they can come back quickly, but, um, you know, obviously the rules are what they are and, um, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully the bucks can just kind of scrounge out some wins and get some three point luck here over the next week or two. Yeah. I think that's the main point. Hopefully they're, they're healthy and their families as well. That's always obviously the, the roll on effect uh, of all this. So hopefully they're doing well. Hopefully we see them soon, uh, but we'll see the rest of the bucks pretty soon. As I mentioned, Friday night. So we'll have a podcast tomorrow. We'll look ahead to the Pelicans and also the Cavs. But uh, for tonight, at least the bucks pick up a win that maybe uh, some people may have thought was pretty unlikely. So that's fine. They continue to just dominate the central division. It's an absolute joke. 114 <laughs> to 99. Can we get uh, a Pistons th- game? Can we get another uh, Pistons game this week? Something just, we need to be. We need a blowout. We need a thirty-point win. We, they really, they really need to win that Pelicans game, man. With the Pelicans hurting the way they are, man, just claw at that Pelicans game. And the Cavs have been very good. So, you know, if you split the back-to-back, I think okay, it's just the way it goes. But, uh, but yeah, try, try to get that Pelicans win right. Especially last year when they lost that Pelicans game with Eric Bledsoe going nuts. They they owe the Pelicans uh, a win in New Orleans. I think Drew Drew Holiday needs needs a revenge game down there. One of the rare teams in the NBA that owes the Pelicans one over the last couple of years. So, you know, we'll see what the Bucks can do. But we're, like I said, we're going to look forward to it on tomorrow's podcast. So for now, for myself, for Frank, we'll catch you guys then. <laughs>